Welcome to the Joe Kilgallen podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Kilgallen. Give the podcast a follow. That's at Joe Kilgallen Pod. Big shout out to all the listeners. Uh, thank you for bearing with me. We missed an episode last week. I'll get to why in, in a moment or two. And a big thanks to all the Patreon subscribers. You guys are amazing. The YouTube subscribers, anyone who follows on TikTok who's made it their way over to this podcast. I appreciate you being here. I'm very grateful for you here. Now, um, a bit of sad news to start off the uh, podcast. Uh, someone who's been a guest on this podcast a good, I want to say three three times at least, maybe even four times. And it was on very recently. It was on just a, just a, two short months ago, two and a half maybe. Uh, Samantha Berkman, a great Chicago comedian, a great friend, produced one of my favorite shows in the city called Camp. And um, along with Tessa Orzek, who's awesome too, her uh, boyfriend, Toby McMullen, directed my last hour. Uh, he's a hilarious comedian too and the producer of a great podcast called Are You Garbage? I don't know why I'm listing credits. I'm just being weird. I, I, I'm never comfortable with these things. So uh, she passed away. Um, if you had heard her episode, if you have not... Uh, pause this one and go back to listen to Samantha Berkman's episode from, I believe, February where or March. And uh, she talks about having stage four cancer and just she was such an inspiration because she handled having stage four cancer better than any human being I've ever seen, just with such grace and humor and uplifting everyone around her. And, you know, that's that's how you should go. I mean, that's, you know, as hard as it is to deal with that and, and you know, it spread and it was bad and, and I can't imagine the amount of pain she was in. She handled it in a way that like, I feel like she was trying to put those around her at ease, you know, because uh, the, you hear stage four and it, that's the scary one. Right. And I, I just, you know, I, I've, I've been in, in, a, in, a, in a funk the last week or so thinking a lot about uh, Sam and how amazing she was. And, you know, I want to keep her memory going as 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 long as we can, because, you know, sadly, with death, sometimes people move on. Uh, I mean, yeah, you got to live your life. But I, I think I really want to keep her memory going. So expect an episode in which I cut up clips from all the previous episodes she was on. That's going to be a, a, a I'll be honest, it's gonna be a motherfucker to put together. It's gonna be real uh, sad to do. Because uh, I already started listening to those of you who are Patreon subscribers, there's a bonus out there that, you know, I've got a whopping 11 Patreon. So 11 of you have had the privilege of hearing it. And uh, I re-listened to that earlier this past week, and it, and it fucking broke me a little bit. So, um, but I, I want to do it. I want I want to put that together because I think she's amazing, and I want there to be a lot of stuff out there of her to keep uh, the memory going. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to start having a bummer of a note because I've got a, a great guest, someone who's also been a regular on this podcast, someone I love to death, one of the best comedians you'll ever see in your fucking life, and just a joy to talk to, and someone you could talk with a million different subjects on. Um, so without further ado, everyone, let's bring on the amazing Kristen Toomey. What's up, Kristen? Hi. <laughs> like Hi. On the boat. Hi. Yeah, she, Kristen's waving, everyone. Like well, no, it's also on YouTube, so you're waving to YouTube people. I'll put up clips right. from this. Uh, sorry to you know bring it up. Uh, I know you, uh, Kristen was friends with Sam, too. So um, Yeah, you know, I feel terrible. That was such a shock, and um, I had no idea that it had spread so much. I know... I didn't know how bad it was. And so it was a shock to hear about it. And I mean, she was so nice to me. And I, um, there was a few times where I was just at that show, I was just a mess. And, and she was very like reached out to me afterwards and was like, 
so cool and friendly and she had such a good energy and obviously everyone agrees there's nobody saying a bad thing about her and she um and toby i feel and tessa they must be i think everyone's just heartbroken anybody that knew her well what i absolutely love about the chicago comedy scene is how everyone rallies together you know there's a lot of pettiness in any scene you know i've read books about the seattle grunge scene of the 90s or or late 80s and you read about uh like all these places where a lot of you know art is created i guess uh and the chicago comedy scene and what makes chicago a special city overall is how people do band together uh you know we have our petty times of course but yeah. You know, everyone found out the news Monday afternoon-ish and that, not even that evening, there was, you know, Ed Town sent out a message saying we all need to get together at Village Tap tonight and honor Sam's memory and everything. And I heard that you guys like drained the bar. Pretty much. Nothing left. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much. The funny, the thing too of, of it is when he said tonight at like 9 p.m., I think Blake Burkhart was first and then I followed Sue where I'm like, I'm down for 3.30. I'm down yeah. for two hours from now. You know, I was driving. I was driving back Irish, from the zoo. <laughs> that's an Irish funeral. That's yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, you know, to me, it's. Uh, but it was just nice that everyone got together, and there was a lot. Of, it was either laughing or crying. You know, every every table I looked at, there must have been like forty people that got together, all all friends of Sam, and it just shows how many people she touched. And uh, yeah, you know, it just makes death. Death fucking sucks. And you yeah. know what the killer part of it is, everyone? And, and you know, you could go back and listen to that episode, like I mentioned before, from a few months ago with uh, Samantha Berkman. It started with a fucking toe. That's where I the know, cancer dude. began. Oh, I know. That's why it was like, yeah, I mean, extra shocking, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah. I remember I was going through, and this is, a thing that you know, I think everyone probably does now. When a friend passes away, you could go through old text messages and old Facebook messages. I'm actually mad yeah. at myself. I had I set up a thing on my phone uh, fairly recently where any text message over a year old it automatically deletes because oh, really? I did that. Yeah, I set it up to save space on my phone because I kept you know when you have two kids and I'm, I'm, I'm I do a lot of video editing on my phone. I kept running out of space. And I already paid for like an extra 250 gigabytes or whatever the fuck it is. You know, I don't know anything about gigabytes, megabytes, uh, dick bites. I don't know what the fuck they're called. But I'm like, I can't go to the 599 plan or whatever. This is crazy. So then I I looked at where I could save room on the phone. And now yeah. I'm realizing, shit, I'm, I'm missing messages from people that, you know, on a rainy day, you might want to go through and be like, oh, that was nice. You know? Yeah. Anyhow. This is normally a comedy podcast, everybody. But you got to get real with it, too. You got you to right. be real. Uh, yeah, it started with a toe. So anyway, I was saying that I looked through old messages, uh, from Sam and she had a really funny one shortly after her toe was removed on my album. Can't complain. I have a, a track, a joke called 10 fingers and 10 toes. And so she must've had it on a shuffle on Spotify or something because she screenshot the Spotify, like, you know, 10 fingers, 10 toes thing circled it. And then said, really, Joe? fuck you. <laughs> I'm like, well, at the end of the joke, I endorse eight toes. So even then you don't qualify being a nine toed freak or whatever the fuck I said, you know, joking around. And then she was like, no, what? You're dead to me. You're canceled, bitch. <laughs> like just, just the funniest shit. She was such a good roaster. She could bust uh -huh. balls so well. Um, yeah. You're like that too, to me. I feel like, um, 
knock on wood, I hope you never get any big disease, but I feel like you would handle it with fucking, you know, hilarious nature. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I was just saying like last night at Laugh Factory, I was talking to a group of comics and I was saying, like, I mean, if I even hear about somebody was talking about how they had lymphoma once and I like passed out. So it makes like my anxiety gets like crazy. I'm like that too. Yeah. I've I've talked about in this podcast. There's like a name for it. It's called like uh. It's vasovagal, yes, yeah, or vasovagal yeah. syncope or some shit. I'm not good at medical terms either. Yeah. I had a scare. I had a scare back in February. I um, I have a thing called a mitral valve prolapse, which really isn't a significant thing. It was significant enough to get um, the COVID vaccine a little bit earlier than most people, but it's not like a big, huge thing. Just one valve shuts a little bit crooked, you know. And uh-huh. um, I think like. 5% of people have, or 1%. I don't know. It's not, but again, not that serious. I go in for a cardiologist appointment because I haven't been to a cardiologist in a long ass time. They give me the EKG, which that's fine. I don't mind. You don't feel anything like that. They just put stickers on you and a computer does everything. But then the yeah. doctor, the actual cardiologist came into the room and he was asking me some questions and, and I was detecting a pattern enough from the questions where I'm like, what the fuck? What's going Where's he going? Do I have swelling in my legs? And he was asking me, how do you sleep with your legs? And I'm like, I don't fucking know, dude. I fall asleep. I'm not looking at my legs. I think I'm oh, putting no. them in a position. Like, I, 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 in, no, don't in, make me pass out on this podcast. All right. I'm sorry. I won't. I won't. Yeah, yeah that'd be fucking bad. No one's ever passed down the podcast. <laughs> Joe McAdam famously <laughs> threw up in the last five minutes, though. All right. So he's got that record down. Anyhow, uh, and there's been tears and I've been called a lot of mean names and other names have been called back and forth. there's been some drama, but not for a while. Everyone, if you want to trip, go to the early, the first like 10 episodes of the podcast. I used to have two people on and the drinking got way too heavy. And with mm-hmm. two people on, it was just so many people talking over each other that it was bad. Long okay. story short, he, he thought the EKG was showing an enlarged left atrium. So I heard like enlarged heart. And I know, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll stop. I'm sorry, Toomey's getting weird again. I, I, But I'm saying I passed out. I yeah. was like, oh, really? And then I got I weird. I would do, especially from a doctor saying something. Oh, God. Are you getting warm? Are you okay? I'm sorry. Drink the water. Drink water. See, Toomey and I, we're, we're, both, uh, we're both in the same camp of being fucking pussies when it comes to shit like this. Yeah. No, all right. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. It was a great time. <laughs> I take it back. You would not have handled it well. Samantha Berkman is the fucking superstar in handling that shit. Yeah. Unreal. I would not handle it well. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. But uh all right, anyway. We'll we'll try to uh shift gears here uh to some more fun stuff. Uh pull up. Yeah, <laughs> pull up. We're about to crash. Kristen, you took a little bit of a layoff from stamp comedy and you are back. And I, for one, am super excited to see you back out there. Uh, what's it been like? Um, it's been great. Really great. I mean, I've been bombing, but, um, and your version of bombing though is killing for a lot of people. I feel like, well, thank you. That's nice. I don't know. I think the first time back was terrible, but it motivated me to like, you know, actually write some stuff down and and really get out there and um and then i really enjoy doing it you know i still that's still fun it's still fun to make people laugh and and get up there 
Well, let me pick your brain on that then, because you were on the podcast way back when, and you talked about your writing process and how basically there is no writing process. Right. Essentially, you think of something funny and you mm-hmm. just go up there and say it. And I thought, okay, yeah, there's, there's people who do that similarly. I know Bill Burr and um, I think, I don't know about Chappelle, but I remember Louis C.K. There was people who were on record saying like, oh, I don't write my jokes down. I kind of write down a couple words, like a joke title and go off yeah. of that and then write down a set list. But you weren't even doing set lists, which blew my mind. Cause I, at least I don't write the jokes down at all, but I at least do a set list. Well, I mean, I was to be completely honest. I I feel like the past three years or maybe even longer, maybe four years I've been in like some sort of, um, mental illness, breakdown sort of thing, dealing with like struggling with addiction and mental illness, you know? So yeah, I wasn't really writing down set lists because I was sort of like out of my mind, you know? But um, now I've, I've been sober for almost a year. That's awesome, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. And, um, and thank you for sharing the mental illness thing. I'll share something with you too. I had a, a rough go of it for a stretch and I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast. Maybe I have, I now, I now see a therapist once a week. I do like a teleconference, like kind of like what we're doing right now on video and yeah. anyone out there listening, fucking do it. It's, it's been so helpful for me. And I think everyone could stand to benefit from it for the longest time. I kind of was like, oh yeah, I'll go see, but I was never like that serious. Cause I still had that like idiot Irish brain, you know, where it's like, I don't fucking need help. That's for, that's for other people. That's not for me. But I just had a moment where I'm like, things aren't going great. And shouldn't you want to be the best version of yourself? I mean, people exercise, they eat right, they do all this stuff, but why not take care of the most important organ in your body being the brain? Yeah. And you know, I like, right when I got um, divorced, I feel like I, I don't know what the term is. I think it's disassociate or something like where I just was, I honestly thought that I was dead for real for like an extended period of time up until kind of recently, like none of this was really happening at times, which um, led to, you know, bad choices and a lot of like, confusion to put it mildly. So um, as far as getting help at that point, I went to a therapist and like his, his, whatever he was saying to me was like feeding into whatever. It just wasn't, I wasn't even ready for that. You know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't even reaching me where I was at. I gotcha. Yeah. But I think now I think I'm, in a better spot to be open to that. But I think there was um, a, such a distrust in everything that, you know, I couldn't even, I couldn't trust somebody like that to, to take what they were saying at face value, I guess. I got that. You're basically yeah. saying you were so far down the hole that like, you weren't going to, you know, like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, kind of in that right. mode. Yeah. Now, when you, by the way, thank you for, for sharing all this. And I think you, every time I've seen you a bit, I've, I'm always excited to see you, but I feel like lately 
you definitely seem more focused and, but your headspace I've noticed is like, you're remembering, Oh, this is fun. This is stand up comedy's fun. And, and we, and I get to do this and this is great. And, yeah. you know, we had all these cool conversations where we were like, who are your favorite growing up and who's your all time favorite of all time and who are your favorite in the scene. And I can tell you're definitely just loving being out and doing it again, which I think is fun. And I think as comedians, we have to remind ourselves that, and, and that's why where Sam was a great example too, because I really feel like she never took any stage time for granted is that we get to do this thing. That's really yeah. fucking cool where we're on stage and people are staring at us and listening to us. And at the end of the day, look, we all want to hit milestones and we all want to advance in our career, but it's the process. It's the ride. That's yeah. fun. Not the destination, you know, which I know it sounds like, you know, well, fortune cookie wisdom. Um, I think because I was, um, I've had like a love and respect for comedy um, for a very long time. And because I was in that place, I was, you know, like I said, I thought I was already dead and like nothing really mattered. And like, you know, when you're in that mindset, it's like, I, I didn't respect what I was doing at the time, like I should. And I wasn't, yeah, like what you're saying, I forgot how much I enjoy it and how much I value it. And I think being that low and watching stand up and actually as without doing it, just watching it and having it lift me up out of that place was like, wow, is that the same thing that I was even trying to do? You know, because it, it works and it's really a powerful, beautiful thing that helps people. And so it was like, well, if that's what you're claiming you're doing, then you should, I guess, um, honor that. In yeah, that's that's incredible. That's great. Yeah, I love that. Can, now, can I ask if you feel comfortable enough when you said you felt like you were dead already? Yeah. In, in your head, were you just like? this is like a simulation. This isn't real. Do you think, do you think you were in hell or heaven or were you just like, are you saying metaphorically you thought like, I'm not, you know, I, mean, I don't exist yes to all of that. Yeah. At one point, all of that. Um, yeah, man, it was, that's uh, kind of, that's very interesting. I would definitely, you know, I've been trying that to further. think about it and I think it's because Okay, so everyone during quarantine has been isolated. And all when you're isolated and all you have is your phone as your only connection to anything else, um, that's really a dangerous, vulnerable place to be because the stuff on your phone is, um, you get down certain wormholes and there's no one to, around you. For, for me to be like, oh, this is the fifth dimension, and I didn't have anybody to be like, shut the fuck up. Like, no, it's not. This is, yeah. you know, Chicago. Like, go home. Sit down. Like, have have something to drink. <laughs> and shut up. And I didn't have that for, like, three years. So it was just, like, slowly altered. And plus, I was high, you know, yeah. smoking. I didn't have my kids with me. So that's, like, such a big thing. You know, it's, like such a part of your identity was just gone. 
in, in a lot of ways. Um, I, I stopped talking to a lot of people that were really close to me um, and not having them. It's hard, you know? Yeah, it's such a fucking brutal year. I'm really interested in seeing three years. I'm saying, yeah, and that was like exactly. I was that so start, I started start on 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 it, and then the the past year was actually great because I got I was so like I'm probably already dead, so I'm gonna go get a job at a nursing home on a COVID unit and like no fear about it, very little fear, little fear. Um, and that's something I would have never probably done, you know, and that was great for me to reconnect with society in a way. I think that was helpful, very helpful for me more so than them. Yeah. I mean, did working with, you know, old, old people, did that kind of like put some things in perspective for you and like help snap you out of it a little bit? It did. Um, it definitely did. I'm sorry. I'm saying, um, so much. I don't even notice. Okay. Well, now you will. And now it's going to annoy you. Just be like me and replace ums with fuck. You know, <laughs> I do that a lot. I'm like, ah, uh, fuck it. Or do I go fucking, what was that fucking, you never do that. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> um, it, see, shit. All right. It did. It did help me a lot. Uh, they're very, you know, they'll still talk about things like faith and they've been through so much. And this isn't, it was new to them because they haven't lived through some of them probably. No, none of them were over the age of a hundred, but they've lived through the depression. They used to make bullets for the boys in the war. You know, they've seen it all. And so they really suffered a lot through this. They were locked up in their room and I got to go home every day. And I was like, if they can smile in the morning at me, then I need to be able to at least match that energy. And they haven't been able to see their families in person for, you know, a year almost. And uh, yeah, that's been so heartbreaking. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that six months that I worked there. I yeah. I got a great grandmother's in a home and, um, and yeah, I mean, she's kind of, you know, in and out of like what's really happening and stuff like that, uh, like with like dementia and stuff like that. But it's just, that's, that's brutal. I mean, someone had a tweet, I believe, or maybe it's a stand up joke. I wish, I wish I knew who or where I heard it. So I could give them proper credit. Cause it was, it was really like, Oh, that's interesting and kind of funny, um, in a dark way. But it's like some of these people, they were born in the depression and now they're dying during a pandemic. It's like, what a fucking, what crazy dark chapters to open and close your life on. Yeah. Like, ugh, <laughs> horrible. Yeah. So yeah. now you're writing though, you're writing jokes down. Cause I said, you look so much more, uh, not look, but your approach has been like, a, it feels like a more focused approach, but you still maintain that fucking I'm badass writing. Kristen to me. Like, you know because the way you take the stage, I've always loved the way you open your sets. You go up there with like a just I'm going to kick the fucking door down type of approach that is so much fun to watch. Thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, when I came back, I was sort of like, I don't know how much longer I can keep doing that and having that same 
intensity or whatever it is, energy, whatever. Just got snack. I was about to use one of your jokes out of context, and I feel like yeah. listeners would be like, "What the fuck is he saying?" Kristen, everyone, I, the last time I did a show with you, I think it was what, two weeks ago. We were at Laugh Factory together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you opened um, by being like, "Sometimes I like to smack my puss for power." <laughs> I was like, "Fucking cry laughing," and I know I've seen. I feel like I've seen you do a variation of that before about yeah. like you know patting the puss, and it just dude, the well, crowd I, was dying. It was like so like unexpected. Like the fibrillator. And actually, um, you know, because I feel like it does keep me honest, which defib you later, but it also does <laughs> keep me honest because if I get up there and I'm trying to be too self, too serious or something, you know, and like I want to talk about, I think there's such a pull now to be like political. I mean, it has been like that and to be prophetic or something. And it's, you know, whether that happens or not on accident, I don't ever want to be like I'm up there just like with a pipe, like I'm going to, you know, teach you something because I'm not that. So I think if I slap my, like then, even if I say something serious after that, it's like, all right, well, we've already seen what you, we've already seen your weirdo. And you're kind of ridiculous. You know? I, I love that. I actually do. I love that setting that fucking tone early, just letting the audience know this is where I'm coming from. But I almost wonder if I came across some weird videos on YouTube once where the one guy was talking about like he was talking about your, like testicles and he goes, no, because he was addressing the video to men. He's like, you have to understand this is where you create life. This is like a life source. So you yeah. have to be there. You know, you, this is a source yeah. of power. And he was basically just like, you know, yeah. rub them, do this daily. It's part of your, he was trying to do like meditation where it's like you, yeah. as you're meditating, you know, you have one hand on your balls. And like that was, I thought it was like some parody video. I'm like, this guy's fucking with me, right? He's doing like, he's making fun of these like meditation guru yoga type people and being like, no, but at the end of the video, I'm like, oh, this dude's totally serious. And yeah. then I when I saw you doing that, video. I'll have to find it and send it to you. <laughs> I think I've seen something like that actually. But um, is that where you got the pet and the puss for power thing? No, that came. Um, I don't remember the first time I did that, but I think it was because I was following somebody that had a lot of energy. Uh -huh. And so. Um, and it was like probably late. And so I think I just made the joke on stage like. Like, come on, bitch. Like, you better wake up. <laughs> like, just, in, you know, instead of, like, slapping yourself in the face, <laughs> like, wake up. You know? Oh, come on, old gal. Start getting her going. I almost wonder, man. I, I, I've, I've often thought to myself, what would it be like for me as a dude, you can answer from the female perspective, I guess, taking the stage a little horned up, you know? Like, say I had, like, not a full-on boner, but say I had, like, a three-quarters boner, which would be distracting to the audience uh, for, you know, not, I'm not like throwing out bragging things here, but I'm just saying you, you'd see that you clearly see a three quarters boner. I feel yeah. like even a small dude would probably you show, I think, right. Yeah. You you'd oh. have to like do the thing where you tuck it up. Oh yeah. You gotta do the flip up into the waistband. 100%, mm -hmm. you know, which feels good sometimes too. But like, that's, I, I've often wondered what would that be like to take the stage, you know, ready to rock and literally ready to rock. I don't know. 
I bet musicians have that more than comedians. I think with comedians, like you'd have to be fucking so confident in your material. And I don't even know what that would be like, but. I'm going to find out this week. Fuck it. (laughs) I'm going to time it out. I'm like, what am I going up in four minutes? All right. I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick, get a good stroke on and then fucking take that stage. And if the audience can't handle it, if they can't keep the eyes where the eyes need to be, that shit is on them. I don't know. Do you think you'd have be able to have a clear head while you were I think doing the boner that? would probably go down fairly quickly once I got into actually performing because you have way too many thoughts going on in your head. Yeah. Um, for the non-comedians yeah. listening, which I hope is the majority of you, uh, <laughs> we have we're usually three thoughts ahead of the thought we're currently saying. Not always, but sometimes. I try to be as present as possible, but even when you are present in the moment, there's still like a part of your brain that's just a little bit ahead of where the the words coming out of your mouth are. So I feel like, you know, I could go up there with one, but I don't think it would, I don't think I'd maintain, you know, yeah. you think you could take the stage uh, being a little bit, um, you know, a little uh, wet, I should say. I was trying to think of another way to say it, but there's no other way to say it. Um, I don't know. I think, as I get older, it's really unpredictable what, when that's gonna just happen. Um, but I don't think I'm not thinking in that mindset. Any, I'm not trying to be sexy or think of sex at all when when I'm doing comedy. Of you know course, I mean? of course, yeah. To, See, men can get them for no reason sometimes. What? Yeah. Men sometimes can get them for no reason. When we get older, that goes away. As we get older, yeah. I still luckily it happens every now and then. But you know, when you're like a 15 year old boy, you have a son, right? Yeah. How old is he now? He's going to be 13 in September. Okay, not to put that in your head, but he's getting no reason boners all day long, all day oh, long. He'll no. literally be like, "What's eight <laughs> no. times nine? And then he's like, "Why the fuck do I got a boner right now?" That was my life as a 13 year old. Every I'm dude. Not- can't handle that. I, you know what? Real quick on that note, we were at the skate park the other day and this little girl, and this has happened before, like rode by on her bike and kind of put her butt out at him. And he, he was like this, you know? And I've seen it happen once already. She's presenting but, like in the animal kingdom. Right. Yes. So I said, um, you know, it seems like girls are your age are a little more mature than you. And he was like, yeah. And I said, well, when you see someone doing something like that, just at this age, know that um, something bad happened to her. And that's why she's doing that. And he was like, oh, okay. And I said, and you should start watching baseball. That's, <laughs> That's some good parenting advice, though. Giving him that heads up, you know, I, I you like know, that. And I he's just smart want to be in a position where, you know, something bad happened to that girl, and then now he's in trouble. I just, it was just, uh, and then he was like, "Why, why baseball?" And I, I said because I think it's something to focus on. Cause there's a lot of like distraction around and it's nice to have a couple hours. I don't really watch baseball, but this is what I was telling him. It's nice to have a couple hours 
where you could just focus on a simple but challenging and skilled game where it's, you know, you throw the ball, you hit the ball, you go to the base, you get the person out. And it's just the simplicity of it is probably nice for your brain. That's what I was telling him. And as I was telling him this, there's like, we're driving and there's landscaper that's like gorgeous. He's, he's bald, he's like ripped and he's sweaty. And I'm like looking at him and he, my son's like, mom. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what were you saying? I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, I think it was baseball. And I was like, okay, yeah. Well, I need to watch it too, apparently. I need yeah. to get some baseball. We're going to go to a game, I think. I had that happen on Sunset talking to Godfrey. I don't know if you met him. He's a really funny comedian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, we were on a show at uh, Hollywood Laugh Factory together when I was living in L.A., and we were just talking about like women and being like the distraction of like, cause I think there was like some really like model looking women in the front row at the show or something. And yeah. as we're talking about something, I go, I, for some reason I thought I could give like, Oh, here's the way I try to approach it. Like, I, like I'm some expert on like avoiding distraction. And as I'm saying that some beautiful woman walked by and I literally turned and followed her. And then when I came back to it, he was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> I just started like laughing at me. I'm like, Oh shit. What were we talking? I literally just completely went blank on yeah. everything and the funny thing is, is i went blank on the exact subject we were talking about because i got distracted and so yeah. i I'm, I'm right there with you to me it's happened but you got a smart kid though because he's self-aware enough to a notice when his mom's giving someone uh the eyes and he's self-aware enough to be like oh yeah these girls are more mature than i am because i feel like when i was 13 if someone would have said oh they're more mature than you i'd be like fuck you no one's more mature than me you know because i was a dipshit but your kids at least like, oh no, yeah, these girls are yeah, yeah, a little bit much for me. Yeah. You know, he's still, um, the kids on his block are maybe a year or two younger, which is nice. So he's very into like, um, playing outside, riding his bike, things like that. It's great. I mean, dogs, um, making noise. And, uh, this, this girl, and this is the second girl, where it's just, it's a different vibe, you know? And I can tell that we we talk about girls, and he's like, I'm not interested in them yet. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of address it before and just let him know that if they're doing something like that, they it's been um, cause I, when I was that age, my friends were sexually active at 13. You know, I wasn't, I was sort of like the tomboy for the longest still probably. And, um, but I remember that being happening. So I'm like, he's not ready. He's not that type of kid. Yeah, which is good though. He's 13. He's so young. He's got, when I was 13, I was not sexually active, but I did finger a girl at the Burger King on Milwaukee Avenue. Your dog fucking love that. Hey, thanks champ. I appreciate the support. I love it when a dog's like, he's, that was a howl that was like, he was proud of me, you know? So good, good boy. What kind of dog do you have? Oh my gosh. Hold on. Maple. Hold on. Is it a girl? Maple sounds like a girl name. Yeah, girl. I've got a girl dog too, Holly. She's a badass bitch. 
She's a three-legged pit bull boxer. I got a boxer lab. That's I love those breeds. Yeah. Pitbulls are great too. Yeah. So maybe she didn't like me fingering. Maybe there was a howl of disdain, being like, "How dare you?" No, she but- she was sitting on the couch and somebody was walking by. She gets mad at the mailman. She gets mad at certain people. Because she's a protector. My dog's the same way. My dog will bark at everyone who walks by. I want my next place to have it where like we have higher up windows because yeah. I had to put a couch in front of the windows, which initially we didn't have a couch in front of the windows just because I'm, which I'm kind of glad though. Cause my one son Dylan's an absolute nut job. Um, I mean, in the best way he's just, he's two. So he just runs towards everything. And I feel like if the couch wasn't there, he'd run through the window one time. Um, he's a little Tasmanian devil kids. Amazing. But it's still like, dude, will you settle? I'm always saying, slow down, relax, careful. I yell careful constantly. Um, are gentle i yell a lot because it's the two brothers playing with each other and the four-year-old doesn't always remember that oh i'm twice your size yeah anyhow though yeah but 13's young and but i it's so even saying that like you were saying you knew 13 year olds were sexually active i knew a few that were too i mean i was getting the stinky finger and like so things don't change it's still the same i actually read that teen pregnancy is actually way way down which is a good thing you know i think people are being smarter about it but i do think you're on to something where if there if a girl at 13 is you know that's young that's pretty young to be like here's my ass and showing the ass like that and kind of popping it out there a little bit clearly she's looking for some kind of attention that she's not getting from someone or she you know what i mean like that's you know like you've been groomed to do that or even whether it's by your phone or TikTok or your family or whatever society, your whatever your algorithm is. You're yeah, when the, she's an adult woman, go for it. But at that age, I feel like there, there's right. something missing, right? Well, and I think, yeah, I mean, it's. Um, and you're right about the algorithm thing. There's definitely some scary stuff to that. It's scary, you know, and it's it is scary and you don't know if it's her parents or her family or if it's on her phone, but whatever it is, it's like, she's looking up whoever she's looking up to. That's the type of stuff they're doing. And he's not, he's watching fishing, TikToks, um, gamer YouTubers and thank God. Well, that's where TikTok's actually kind of cool is they'll show you more of the stuff you like. So that girl probably, if she's getting her influence from TikTok, which who knows, she's probably getting a lot of those dances and it's getting shoved in her face and shoved in her face, yeah. which is bad. Where he likes one fishing video and now it's a bunch of fishing videos because I I was kind of a Marvel fan. Like I love the movies. I started seeing a few videos on TikTok where people like made their own little montages of like Iron Man or Captain America or something. And then I was like, getting into all of them. And then I started following accounts where they take deep dives where they're like, here's what this meant in this issue of the comic book and why it's going to play into this next movie and all this kind of really nerd shit, to be honest. And I've, I've, it's, they just keep showing me those videos. So I'm even more into it. So I really feel like that's, if you like good stuff, not to say that you can't enjoy those dance videos, but if you're just at an impressionable age, you might get the idea in your head that like, Oh, I want a hundred thousand followers too. And that's what this woman does. And who even knows if she's a woman, she could be a fucking 16 year old. Cause sometimes it is kind of creepy. Yeah. The videos they show of these girls where you're like, you, you know, you'll watch one. I'll be, I'll be honest as a guy, you're watching one and you're like, cause they they just pop up. You're not like seeking them and you're like, Oh wow. Look at this. And then they, and then the pans up to her face and you're like, ah, ah, and you, you, turn the video because you know you're like 
Jesus Christ, you know, the, the, the way the video angled, you're like, oh, this is a woman. And then you see her face when the camera goes wide and you're like, okay, you're clearly 16 and now it's, it's wrong and get right. off my fucking timeline. They really do need to have like a thing where it's, if you're 18 and under, this is your TikTok or your app. Cause Instagram is bad too. You know, you'll see people in bikinis and shit. I guess there's not dancing. Um, anyway, though. It is. I mean, I don't really watch any of that stuff, you know, but I, I know it's out there. I don't, um, like I stopped watching porn like three, four years ago. Um, because I saw, I gave it up for Lent. Oh, good. In December. I went porn free in the month of December. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I didn't, I didn't stay that, off of it. that's another thing for adults. Uh, sort of the same thing. You, I think you desensitize yourself and it's like you up that ante all the time where it takes so much. Um, and I saw some video. I think the last time I watched it, it was like at some point it was obvious that the woman either didn't want to be there or didn't know that she was there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And it just, I was like, okay, what am I a part of here? So that put me off of it. And then you don't really need it either. Like you have an, a brain and imagination, you know, that's just, it's, it's sort of like the fast food of masturbating. It's like, just, <laughs> it really is. It's like, that's so, no, you're right. But I'm laughing because it's a fucking, you're, you're so right. It's funny. That's, you know, true. It's like constantly eating Big Macs and shit. And then you feel gross after it, you know, and I think it's just, really bad for everybody and and in a lot of ways like fast food it's so many choices bigger problem as well like as far as human trafficking and things like that yeah Um, i don't i don't even if i come across a video that looks like any kind of like bondage or the guys treating the women like shit i just go no i can't watch this and in my head i'm like it's fucking 2021 how are they even still making videos like this or at least i don't everyone's got their kinks i guess and their fetishes but yeah some of it's too much. Um, yeah. Yeah, because well, it makes yeah. you think I'm, I'm fucking boring. If this is what the world's into right now, I'm boring because I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that garbage. I saw a TikTok video once with a woman like she was super attractive, of course. And she's like, if you had me for 24 hours and I couldn't say no, what would we do? And I commented, I would ask why you couldn't say no. What the fuck's going on? Does someone have your family? Is there some <laughs> kind of like kidnapping and you have to do whatever the person says? Blink twice if you yeah. can't. Like, that's creepy. I don't know. I think she probably meant, like, I will do whatever you want. But, like, just the way it was phrased, like, you had me for 24 hours and I couldn't say no. What would we do? I would be like, again, I'd be like, why can't you say no? You should say no. Right. I might ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to lick my armpit. That should be a no. You should strongly say no. If I, by the way, I'm not into that. Don't be spreading rumors that Kilgallen likes his armpits. Like, it's fucking gross. I don't even like my armpits touched. So, even by myself, man. It's, yeah. thank God, like, deodorant you know it's like a stick imagine if you were to put deodorant on like in your hand you know you touch your own pits it's disgusting i think our pits are fucking gross uh but yeah i used a secret bottle okay so i had a stiff neck and shoulder and you know the secret deodorant with the rounded the blue with the rounded cap yeah ph balanced enough for strong enough for a man ph balanced enough for a woman secret it's great 
I've used so it before was, in a bind. I was driving and my neck was hurting so bad, my shoulder. And I got that out of my, the middle thing in my car. And I was like, just beating myself with it and massaging myself with it. And it worked really well. I, I was like, that's the secret. This is also a massager. That's why they have the cap like that. See, oh, okay. See, you hit the cap was kept down. I thought you had like, you're <laughs> like rolling it all over your back. And I'm like, you got deodorant flakes just going off your spine. That's weird. No, 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 no. The cap is like hard and rounded. And it, you can really get in there and work out like a kink. Yeah, no. Not the porn kink, but a, a kink. Yeah, a kink kink. Yeah. All right, Kristen, are you ready for uh, one of my new segments here I've been doing on the podcast? It's called Five Good Ones. By the way, everything we just talked about, I feel like Sam Berkman would have loved. Porn oh, being like fast food and all sorts of other you know crazy ass shit. So that, that made me uh, smile just now. So all right, here we go, Toomey. Five Good Ones. Question number one, what has been your favorite moment in your comedy career? In my career? Yeah, in your comedy, like that your favorite moment that you've experienced since you've entered the world of comedy. And I know it's a, it's a tough one, so. Well, the flyer for it just came up the other day on Facebook. And I would have to say that it reminded me that that's probably it. The the um, Turnbuckle Festival in Iowa, it was at Codfish Hollow, which is a barn on a farm. And we did mushrooms. It was in 2017 or 2016. And the lineup was uh, Brody Stevens, Kyle Kinane, Sam Talent, Nick Thune, and... Um, great comics me and rena were there and it was so so much fun we met a bunch of people that we've you know worked with again and again and it was a great time there's music wrestling and comedy that's see that's a fun that's a fun like multi like different fucking events you could go to and stuff like that yeah i like festivals like that they picked you up on like a hay hay ride and took you down to the venue and it was really cool that we stayed in this house that was um, really interesting and artistic and had a lot of character. And it was it was a fun time. Great weekend. That reminds me, everybody. Shameless plug. I'm going to be in Davenport, Iowa, at the Renwick Mansion. Oh, yeah. A comedy show. Yeah. And you and I did a festival in Iowa once together. I remember we drove out together. Yeah, where was that? Which one was that? Alter was, alternating currents? Yeah, alternate currents or alternating yeah. currents or whatever. And that was in Dubuque, I believe. And uh, myself, you, and uh, Kyle Scanlon, we all drove out together. That was a fun yeah. time, too. Yep. All right, beautiful. All right, question number two. Okay. Might be kind of a basic bitch question, but I like it. Uh, if you could have any superpower, what would your superpower be? My superpower would be... Uh, I don't want to say anything boring, but I think it would be to fly because I fly in my dreams and that's always nice. Feels good. Are you the type of person who wakes up and remembers their dreams? Uh, some, sometimes, yeah. Most of the time. And I've got a very close friend, my best friend, Meg, who I've known for a very long time. And I call her and we talk about our dreams a lot. If it's an interesting one. We will. Can she analyze people's dreams? Do you know anyone who could do that? We try to do that actually with each other, but I we don't have any 
uh, expertise or anything. We're not like trained. Every now and then I have a dream. Yeah. Some people might be trained in that world or they read a book or two on how to like, I, I bought a book. I can't even find it. It was like interpreting your dreams or something. I was like at a dollar store. So who knows that was any good. Yeah. And I, I, I'll wake up and most, for the most part, remember my dreams, but I've sometimes have a recurring one where I'm back in my old neighborhood in Chicago, which is funny because I only live like three miles from that neighborhood now. So it's not like it's this weird foreign place to me. Uh, and then there, there are times in the dream. So I'll be like within that neighborhood running around, going down certain streets and then turning where another street should be, but it's a different street. And, and I, that's what, and I'll realize I'm in a dream. I'll have that sometimes where I realize I'm in the dream. Yeah. And I kind of wake dreaming. up. It's like lucid dreaming. I think. They yeah. Lucid. It. I've had that too, where I was in a good stretch where I would wake up where I'm like, damn it. I was enjoying that. And then I was able to go back into that part of the dream. Like I thought yeah. I was going to go into it, which is something I've only been able to do a few times, but I would like to, I know there's people who like teach that in a way. So I'd like to get on board with that because that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, I usually dream about the same place I grew up to or Chicago. Sometimes I'm flying around. Flying. Yeah, I've had some LA dreams recently, which is weird because I I had a strange relationship with uh, living in the city of Los Angeles. It's so different than Chicago that literally my first couple of years, I felt like, do I even live here? Or is this just a long vacation? This isn't a place people live 80 degrees every day. It's strange. I don't think I could live in LA or New York. And I've been thinking about that. I've actually been trying to like have a bit, get a bit about it. Um, I feel like people in, tell me if you think this is true. Okay. I feel like people in New York are afraid to look like they care. Like they give a shit, even if they might. And in LA, I feel like they're afraid to look like they don't give a shit, even if they don't. Yes. And I feel yes. like in Chicago, it totally depends on whether we like you or not. If we give a shit about the issue, it's very like, it's like, it's, I don't know. That's, I think that's what it is. No, I think you definitely onto something there. LA though, it's been a big shift. LA kind of follows the, whatever the mainstream type of wave is on a subject matter. Because as America's gotten more political with like 24 news networks and social media, of course, is crazy with it. LA followed suit. Because when I first moved to LA in 2014, it wasn't, you know, it was more political time than maybe 2004 or something like that. I don't know. But so many of my LA friends, they didn't know who the fuck the mayor was. They didn't give a shit. Where Chicagoans, if you're, if they want to be like political in a weird way. It depends if they care. You're right. There's a, do you give a shit? But I remember thinking to myself, well, I met people who moved to Chicago and 18 months later were like, I'm not fucking voting for that guy. We need this person in charge and we need to take better care of the schools and we need to do this. And I'm like, you have no one in the schools. You moved here 18 months ago. You might be gone in another 18 months. Come on. You're not fucking from here. Why do you give a shit? Like when I moved to LA, I could, I didn't give a fuck about local issues until they, maybe they started to affect me a little bit with some stuff. But for the most I don't part, I'm like political issues in the sense of like Lori Lightfoot or something. Although, yeah. although I will say you're correct about that. Everyone I know and live near, by the way, I told my neighbor to go fuck himself. Like we got into a fight. So it's really awkward because it's right there. 
all the time, but he had a dog barking in my face. Anyway, everyone hates or has a strong opinion about the mayor, which I don't know if that's like that everywhere else. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe oh, I'd have to ask listeners all the time. And yeah, it's and Daly was the same. Rom was the same. Chicago's a big the fucking mayor's fault, you know, the mayor, as we would say, yeah, like, you know, the mayor. they put it on the mayor a lot. So, but you're dead on every New Yorker. I know kind of gives that, uh, I don't fucking care. And LA it's like, we need to do this. We need to do that. It's, there yeah. is like that sense of they care. They don't want to look like they don't care. They don't want to look like they don't care. It doesn't mean. And what I'm saying is I think human nature is like, we all care a certain amount but I think the perception is like you're ter- they're terrified to look like they they don't care enough, you know, about everything. You have to have a comment about everything. You have to be, you know, say the right thing all the time about every topic. And I don't think that's realistic. I don't think that that, you know, either way. And I also think not giving a shit about anything isn't realistic either. Yeah, I... I'm, you know, I was a guy forever that wore Chicago on his sleeve and I still, obviously I love Chicago, but I'm definitely going to try to downplay it a little bit when people are like, you're Mr. Chicago. I'm just going to be like, I'm just fucking, I didn't choose to be born here. It's so happens. I'm from here. I think it's a great town. I love living here for the most part, but sometimes Chicagoans, we do need to tone it down a little bit because we are known for, I've seen it in a lot of different places where it's like, uh, no one will ever love anything as much as people from Chicago love telling people they're from Chicago, like that sort of thing. Cause I, look, there's more I, to I you as a person than where you're from. I get annoyed by that as well, which is why I don't even mention anything about where I'm from ever on stage. But, um, until this thing that I was saying, because I don't anymore. I used to though. Um, and anytime I hear somebody talking about the pizza or any of the, shit you hear all the time i'm like ugh, i don't want to i'll turn it off or like leave the room or whatever i just you know you're so over it all right i i agree i agree with you question number three which you which u.s president would you want to go down on you oh geez bill clinton obviously definitely bill no, 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 no. Um, no, Epstein Island ruined that. Oh yeah, there was that, he... you know what? And in hindsight, the way everyone treated Monica was so shitty that true, that was terrible. Um, I would say. And don't worry, when I have a male on next week, I'll ask them the same question. Okay. <laughs> These are just random silly questions, by the way. I'm trying to think. Would you Lincoln? A little too lanky. Also, rumors that he was gay, so he probably wouldn't be even good at it, you know? Right. You you think Lincoln was going down on Mary Todd on the reg? Probably not. (laughs) No. Um, Although he'd tickle you with that chin hair. I feel like maybe if you work that in there, it might do some some wonders, perhaps. You, um, just say Nixon so we can move on to the next question. I was thinking <laughs> Nixon, like, um, oh, yeah. No, I would say Washington. Well, he's number one, you know? That's why. 
He had, did he have wooden teeth though? Ooh, you oh. get a sliver down there. Why oh, would he use his teeth? But you don't understand. Choice I could have picked. <laughs> That's actually the worst choice. How are you not going with JFK? Um, because I don't want to get murdered. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, you're probably over Irish guys too, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, question. I don't want to get any more attached to him because I know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to. It's true. You don't want to be in that that you know convertible reaching yeah. for the back of his skull. Who mm. wants that in their life? I know. Question number four: Do you like giraffes? Um, is this about my neck? <laughs> no, I just decided to throw some random stupid ass question in there. Mm, I mean, they're all right. Okay. Yeah. I like them. I, I think they're pretty cool. They freak me out a little bit when I, you know, whenever I'm at the zoo and I see one, I go, Jesus. And then I go, okay, what the fuck's it going to do? I think I could beat the fuck out of a giraffe. Right. You know, they eat, they eat trees, they eat leaves. They eat trees. But they're just so tall. They're so intimidatingly tall. My two-year-old son saw a giraffe for the first time. Well, he saw one before, but that he could remember when I took him took the kids. Aren't to the they zoo. the tallest animal? Yeah. Land animal. And they're the tallest land animal, and he was like, "Oh, it scares me." And then I'm like, "Really?" And then after a while, he was like, "No." But I think at first he was kind of like, "Holy shit! Look at the size of this thing." They kind of go towards you, and I've had a giraffe go towards me where I'm thinking, "You talking shit, giraffe?" What, what are you doing, man? I felt like there was a little bit of, I'm fucking coming at you and I got this long ass neck. And I thought to myself, if I really had to, you'd have to stay away from the legs though. Cause I feel like they, if they did that like horse type kick that you'd be dead for sure. Cause they got to have some strength yeah. behind those. They can run fast. I think, you know, I would have to try to like figure out a way to giddy, giddy up on them. You know, they're just so tall though. I'd, I'd need to find like some kind of high rock formation, jump off of it, be on top of it. And if I could just get my arms around the big ass neck and apply the right amount of pressure and just kind of like take the thing down. Or you ever have, you ever see someone who's standing a certain way and you know, if you like kind of poke the back of their calf, they kind of, their leg will buckle. Yeah. I could get behind. That's the thing. You don't want to get behind them. It's dangerous. But if I could sneak up, hit the back of that, their, that giraffe calf, and then they buckle. And then I kind of fucking bring them down, like ride them into the, the ground. And then they're like, I'll flop with their, I wouldn't want to fight one though. I think they're yeah, very beautiful, like docile the, creatures. Yeah. That's the, not a good image, uh, hitting a giraffe, you know, there's no predator. They're not predators. They don't even eat. Meat. I don't know. Say I'm in a weird situation where I feel like the giraffe wanted to, to start some shit and I can't look like a punk. So. Some someone got has to get punched, and if it's me, I might die. I feel like they would they would kill me. With what? What are they going to even hit you with? Their little those little nubs. Yeah, you're right. They don't really pose a threat. They're pretty fucking great. I like them. I don't know. I don't. You barely like them. I asked if you like giraffes, and you're like they're all Maybe right. Maybe they could hit you with their like headbutt you. They could do that. That's a good that's, point. That's probably how they fight. Well, I just wanted to bring up the fighting because here's question number five. What celebrity, living or dead, would you want to fight? Um, it's a tough question, right? Yeah. There's probably so many out there. No, there isn't. There really isn't. Yeah, you're not a violent person. You're, you know, what you I like I about you though. Can be. You can be, but it's usually for good reason. 
It's, it's usually like we're in a public place and there's someone else being a prick to everybody. And you're like, I'm going to fucking throw my beer in this asshole's face to tell him to settle down, which I like yeah. that about you. But even sometimes I don't even do that when it's like, I probably should. So I'm trying to think of who would I fight. I'd have to have a good reason. Um, Has any celebrity ever wronged you that you met? You ever met someone where you're like, that person was a dick. You've met some famous people. Come on. You don't want to say it because you're like, I might get back to them. No, no, no. Nobody gives a shit what I say. Um, No, no celebrities ever wronged me that I know of. So I would say probably what's that guy? um, You know who I'd want to fight just because it would be fun. And I think I said I wanted to fuck him another time. Alex Jones. <laughs> I listened to a uh, podcast about Alex Jones, like making uh, fun of him, I guess. But I obviously I don't believe everything he's saying, but I think he's fascinating. And he would be somebody that would that intense sort of reaction. I think that could get out of control. I think that could lead to a fight. Um but it would have to be like something like that. Okay. I, that I energy. So it's that, it's that energy that made you have made you thought I, I would like to bang him. Maybe. His I don't energy. know what it is. I think it's just such a bizarre energy. I don't know how to deal with it other than I think if I was going to fight someone and he's the first person I would think, he would be fun to fight. I agree with you. I'd kind of want to, I wouldn't mind he would knocking him out. my ass for sure. That would, I would not be able to win, he but seems like he's not he seem particularly tall, but he seems big. Yeah. Big shoulders be, on him. I think it'd be a good story. It would be a great story. Um, the, the sexual part, I think you might want to talk about with a professional about why you're into Alex Jones sexually. <laughs> I'm giving you really. shit. Not really. You could be into whoever you want to be into. I'm just, I think he's so strange. You like broken people. You like bad boys. You like. He's not a bad boy. He's not really a bad boy. You're right. He's. I do love broken people though. I've never heard. I know he's, I just know he's a piece of shit for his takes on the whole uh, Sandy Hook stuff. But I've honestly never heard more than him. I've never heard him talk for more than two minutes. I've I've seen like clips. People share a clip. Oh, Alex Jones did this crazy thing, and I just keep scrolling. I never click to be like, "What did he say?" Because I just don't care. Even when he's been on a, um, even when he's had conversations with people I like, like like Tim Dillon, I find to be hilarious. You know, he's I've met him a handful of times. He's a good dude. I've never been like, "Oh, I want to hear him talk him. to these guys." Yeah, Tim Dillon's a fun dude. Um, so yeah, he's great, and he's killing it too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've watched Alex Jones on, you know. Rogan and he's just fascinating. Obviously, I don't agree with what he's saying. I feel like he, I, I really think something like he knows something, and so it's just sort of way too much. Like I feel like some of the stuff he says might be true, but then most of it, it's like he knew something, and so they just flooded his brain with a lot of nonsense, so it cancels it out. <laughs> kind of what I think happened. 
I I think that's a sound theory. I'm gonna have to. I don't know. Maybe I'll check out the one he did with uh, Tim Dillon and Rogan. I'll have to uh, give that one. I heard I heard that was pretty entertaining. Couple hours there. Um, our, our friend Nate Craig saw him once in Hawaii, and Nate Craig like filmed himself walking past out. You can see Alex Jones like at the pool talking to some woman, and Nate Craig does like one of those with his phone as he's walking by, and he goes, "Hey, Alex." The lizard people say hammer the Patriots in the over. Yeah. Tom Brady's uh, in the Illuminati or some shit like that. This is like, you know, a few years ago. And then yeah. you see Alex Jones, but like, just kind of like, like he knew he was being fucked with. So he just kind of gave that, right. that kind of wave. So uh-huh. it was pr- pretty hilarious though. All right. Now we're going to roll into some fuck, Mary kill to round out the podcast. Uh, I mentioned you being kind of a tough person. I think of you as someone who doesn't take shit. So I decided to give you action stars. So this is fuck, Mary kill tough guy edition. Here okay. we go. And remember now, I got to fuck, marry, or kill one of them. I know sometimes it's tough. Who who gonna murder? You know. Yeah. All right. Here are your choices. You have The Rock, People's Champ, one of the biggest movie stars on the planet over the last decade, basically now. Okay. Now you have Jason Statham, an English actor, right? I yeah. can't do that accent, but you know, from London, <laughs> he was in some great Guy Ritchie movies coming up. You know, it's like, oi. Like he always kind of doing one of those, oi, Tommy, yeah. you know, that type of voice, handsome man. Yep. And then rounding it out, the only one with hair I'm now realizing, Keanu Reeves, John Wick. John Wick. Um, I'm going to marry John Wick, Keanu. You have a dog, so it makes sense to marry John Wick. Right. And uh, f- fuck the rock. And then I guess kill the British guy. I get it. I get it. As someone with Irish blood, you know, you want you don't want to murder that one, you know, just to get, get a little revenge from 800 years of oppression. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's an old war. Any English listeners, but and I like Jason Statham. He's in some. I think I do too. He's in some and fun that's movies. I had to pick. But I understand that that kind of put you in a position where it's like, if I was in your brain, I would have gone the same path because. Keanu just seems like such an interesting, cool dude. He's been on some, he doesn't do a ton of interviews, but when he's on them, I'm always like, I'd, I'd like this guy. I kind of want to mind. He's like, this, him, I think he is, he's internationally loved, yeah. but he's, you know, certain people you're like, I would like to have lunch with him. He seems yeah. like that type of dude or dinner. I don't want to party with him. I don't want to do it. I want to be able to like not compete with him. And I've heard so, all sorts of great stories about him doing favors for people. And there was that one video of him where he was on the New York subway and this person was secretly filming him. So we had no idea he was being filmed. And uh, he saw like a woman standing and he like got up and going, I take my seat, you know? And so it's like, you know, he's just that type of guy. Yeah. And, uh, and the rock definitely, you got to respect what he's done. I mean, his production company is called like seven bucks or something. Cause he famously had like $7 in his pocket or $7 to his name when he decided to go for it as a professional wrestler. Now, granted, his father and I think grandfather or uncles were professional wrestlers, so he knew how to get into that world. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, for people listening every now and then, and I res- don't get me wrong, he's still put in the work. That guy works his ass off, but I definitely don't like it. That when- is, a, you know, a lot of parallels to comedy and wrestling and then obviously, you know, like Marty and everybody talks about it, but and Cole Cabana's been on this podcast. No, I have so much yeah. respect for that world. I do. Yeah. 
because they really they put their bodies on the line and there's no guarantee and for every the rock there's a you know 300 dudes you've never heard of or way more than that what am i even saying but i just i wanted to mention that yes he put in the work he did all this he earned everything he got essentially but getting your foot in the door i don't know every now and then i come across these motivational videos and they bring up the rock and i go yes but don't leave that part out he's still an inspirational story with the fact that he comes from a family of wrestlers but they always sometimes they leave that shit out and i'm like don't because that's you're misleading some people right because a lot of times when they people share these success stories they do it as a way to motivate you but they leave out important tidbits and what it ends up doing is making people feel even shittier when they don't come close to reaching that level of success they think fuck that person's just better it's like well they actually had a little help so don't don't fucking beat yourself up for when you need to ask for some help. Nobody really does anything alone. People right. try to act like, oh, I did this all by myself. No, you fucking did not. There's yeah. literally nobody. Every, someone's gotten help by from someone here or there along the way at some point in their lives. And, you know, I know those people try to ignore it and be like, no, all me. You know, <laughs> there was that one fucking dickhead. Like even well, Trump had that. It was, it was a soundbite of him when he was on some show. He goes, I did this all by myself. I had a very small loan of a million dollars from my father or something like that, which at the time a million dollar loan was like the equivalent of a $50 million loan today. So it was like, okay, sure. And then you got a hundred million off of when he died or he croaked. I just like, there's nothing wrong with having help, but fucking admit it. People hate you for the lie. They don't hate you for having help. Yeah. They just look at you as you're fortunate. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But you know what? People will hate you for having help. So people will find a way yeah yeah they'll find a way to hate you for anything i suppose I, don't know. I mean they don't they don't, i don't know i don't care either way like about that if, if you yeah i don't think the rock is the rock because his family was in wrestling i think he worked his ass off and he had a great talent and has talent and he's a talented actor and really created the whole thing you know not everybody can do that yeah he clearly puts the, the guy wakes up at like 3 30 in the morning every day to exercise and he yeah, takes, most people aren't doing anything even near that no it's, so it's really like, you know you, to me. make it in anything you really do to, to <laughs> make to be yeah you have to put the work in right have you ever thought to yourself Kristen, now that you're like back doing comedy full time again, you know, you took a little bit of a break there and everything. And, you know, you're already changing some of your habits where you're writing out your material more and you're trying to stick to some sort of routine, I guess. Or is there anything in particular that you've brought up that you've adapted to since coming back to stand up where you're like, I'm going to make this choice. And I know you mentioned earlier where you were like, oh, I was kind of in a fog and wasting so much time for three years and all that. But is there anything new? that you're like applying to your daily life uh, in order to be like, you know, I'm going to take my, my talent to the next level here and be the best me I could be. And here's what I'm going to do to do that. Well, I have been uh, journaling. So I started doing that over quarantine. That's been nice. And sort of before this podcast, did I make any appearances in the journal? No, it's not like a diary where like today I saw my friend Joe. I was wearing a nice jacket. Say that. Sometimes I'm just doing like stream of consciousness, like things like that. 
You want me to read my journal on here? You could, but obviously you don't have to. I feel like that might be personal. <laughs> I got really, oh my gosh, that's embarrassing. I wrote, sometimes it gets dramatic and I wrote a uh, tightrope of despair. Whoa. So, you know, it's cringy. You. Sure. It's cringy. Goddamn poet. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think you're in there. No, you're not. You will be. Now. <sighs> Great. Good. Cause that's just my dream to be in everyone's journal. Cause I'm fucking conceited. No, I'm I, I was just all kidding around. Of course. I have incels. I wrote about incels. Virgins yeah. essentially. Yeah. They renamed themselves incels because that didn't sound as bad to them as virgin, but they're fucking virgins. And it's okay to be a virgin, you know? It just hasn't happened for you yet. But this idea that they're like, I don't know, making a choice or Well, it's incels involunt involuntarily celibate, meaning that they don't want to be celibate, meaning they don't they would like to fuck, right? Is that what it means? Yeah, I thought it meant they're in your cell phone. But either way. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Did you thought incelment in your cell phone? Yeah. Hold on. Let me get the, you know what? We got the internet here, people. I'm going to no, type in incel. Right. Involuntary uh, celibate makes sense too. But actually both ways make sense. If you think about it. It does. All right. Incel definition. Let's get the correct definition. A member of an online community of young men who consider themselves unable to attract women sexually, typically associated with views that are hostile towards women and men who are sexually active. Yeah. So again, fucking virgins. They're, you know, that's just, they renamed, they rebranded virgin. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I guess, but they're, they're mean like, well, I don't know. I should correct my, that. What I just said. Cause that was, factually incorrect because there are people who are virgins who are like i'd like to bang they're kind of like we're incapable of banging because we're too intellectual and uh these female brains can't handle the truth that i'm constantly spitting and you know they all have that weird voice like they're professors but like they're not you know that ben shapiro well exactly uh, well well actually what 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 happened is that uh you know i talk really really fast and then the people uh, this probably isn't the best ben shapiro impression but it's very it's so fucking nasally and i'm, I'm ben shapiro and here's when and i'm just like god damn dude he's it's married. weird that people he's married i ben. know yeah can you imagine hearing that voice he's uh, uh, i'm about to ejaculate sweetheart uh, uh, like you but know he doesn't say come for both virgins when they got married which i think is nice good for them good for them sure yeah you know okay yeah i guess it's nice for some people it's nice for them i feel like it's pathetic i don't know why i'm being, a, I'm being an asshole i don't know that guy rubs me the wrong way yeah. there are some people in that world where i'm like okay i can have a yeah. conversation with you he just would seem too annoying to me I don't know. I've watched him on podcasts and yeah, I don't agree with him politically, but I think he has interesting points and I respect his values and that he seems to live up to them, which is he's clearly a smart guy. I mean, he graduated from Yale. He, he, you know, but I definitely think he is someone who's very w well aware of the times he's living in and the branding that goes into making a lot of money in his world. You know, I think he's going to actually run for president one day. And I think really? very aware of the things that he says and puts out there and does. 
I think for sure. He has political aspirations down the line. How old is he currently? I have no idea. Yeah, who cares? All right, Kristen, it has been an absolute joy podcasting with you again. Um, thank you. So tell everyone where they could find you and all that good stuff. Online, I'm uh, mostly- No, your address. Tell them your address, Kristen. It's the fucking, no, if we have online, I tell them where they can find you. You go online? Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, at Kristen Toomey on Instagram, and then I'm headlining Lincoln Lodge in Chicago, the- 4th and 5th of June and I'll be around town popping into shows and I'm booking now through the fall. So hopefully get more dates. I have no doubt that your calendar will fill up because you are a tremendous comedian and you're a tremendous person. Thank you for being open and honest with some shit that's been going on. And, uh, and everyone definitely, you know, go, there's a great YouTube video of Samantha Berkman singing a song called Miss Ohio from like 2015. And I didn't, I've never seen that side of her before. Cause I just know the fun, silly telling jokes version of Sam. I knew she was a very good singer and I, I knew she played guitar, but I just never, you know, this is like a real performance and it's, uh, it's fucking amazing. It's great. So everyone, um, and be on the lookout. I'm going to try to put together an episode of like funny clips of Sam and everything like that. Um, We'll see how I could, if I could, you know, get it done and all that kind of shit. Anyway, yeah, not to, you know, I started the show on a bummer. Might as well end it on a fucking bummer, right? It's not a, yeah. <laughs> it's not a bummer because we're celebrating a, a great person. So that's, right. that's how I'm going to spin that. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for checking out the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Uh, please subscribe on YouTube. Join the Patreon. There's tons of great content there. You can go back and listen to so many episodes. Um, you know, a lot of bonus stuff and some blogs that I've written and some other just fun stuff. So definitely check that out. Uh, t- tell your friends. I've got three albums on Apple and Spotify they could purchase and subscribe and write a review, I guess. I haven't told anyone to write a review in forever. I'm also the host of a Cubs podcast I just got hired to do called Locked on Cubs. So if you know any Cubs fans out there or baseball fans in general, send them that way. Locked on Cubs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You guys are, are the best. Thanks for listening. And Kristen, thank you for uh, being on the podcast. Cheers.